Welcome to the podcast. This is We Are Consulting. Today, we had a pleasure speaking to Khalil Shafiula, a good friend of mine from way back in the day we worked together. But uh, we're talking today about a very important topic, and that is uh, the events of Christ Church in New Zealand and sort of, uh, you know, an outtake uh, himself being uh, Muslim and, and knowing lots of Muslim friends and sort of his uh, experiences in the past traveling and and sort of, you know, we talked about some white privilege and a whole bunch of random stuff. It was really good and I learned a ton. And so uh, I just want to say thank you again to Khalil for jumping on the call with me. Uh, and without further ado, here we go. All right, we're live. I've got well, not live. We're recording, so I just want to make sure my guest knows that we're recording uh, today. I have a you know, it's an honor and a privilege, and it's an old time friend that that we work together. I have Khalil uh, speaking with today about uh, some things. So, Khalil, thanks a lot for for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Brendan. It's good to be here. It's an honor to be here, and I wanted to thank you first and foremost for saving my butt numerous times while we were bouncing <laughs> at uh, Ethan Taylor. <laughs> I try not to advertise my past, okay. right? But yeah, we worked our staff together and. Um, yeah, good, good old times at EP Taylor's during college. Yeah. And so <laughs> as, as another precursor, um, I have my own podcast called we are consulting. It's more automotive stuff. I'm probably going to put that on uh, this podcast on that one. And we're also going to put it on our live for today podcast because it's such an important message. And so with that, you know, you and I had a great conversation on yeah. I a Saturday, I guess Saturday, it was, yeah. Saturday, Saturday. Um, and you shed some light on some topics and, you know, the topic in general is, you know, I'll call it racism, but in particular, it's the events of mm-hmm. Christ, of Christ church. And, you know, I do want to say like, I typically, I don't turn a blind eye to things, but I kind of leave myself out of the news just cause it's so negative, but this one kind of, you know, I know mm-hmm. lots of Muslim people and, you know, my, my, we talked about my kids uh, having friends who are Muslim and there's no qualms about it, but you know, maybe walk us through, you know, what happened in Christchurch, and, and let's just start a conversation. Okay, well, it was a, it was a horrific event. Um, basically, a uh, self-avowed white nationalist. Um, he got himself a bunch of guns, or he flew to New Zealand, he's from Australia, got himself a bunch of guns there, walked into a, a masjid, that, that's the Arabic word for mosque, and he, he murdered 50 people, injured almost 50 more, and he live-streamed the thing on the internet, which is, um, I, I, as far as I know, it's unheard of for a mass killing, which is pretty horrendous. I, I have some friends who looked at the video. I personally could not, would, and I would not look at that, but um, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, that's only for uh, the cops and the judge to look at, but um, it was one of the, it was, it was, horrific it was horrific just um uh, you know i didn't kill- yeah. yeah go ahead go ahead mass killings. i think mass killings in general are, are horrific and it's even i, I don't know, like i you can't rank them but there's something particularly insidious when it's at a house of worship like it's not it was just like the um yeah uh the pittsburgh synagogue I mean, right it's just like the black church uh dylan roof what he did like like it, 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 it was horrible it was horrible it's almost like, you know, you know, these places of worship where people, you know, they should feel safe, right? It should be yeah. a place of, you know, we talked on Saturday and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it, but I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not religious. I have my own beliefs. My, my wife's yeah. a, a Christian, uh, Anglican. I was baptized Anglican only because I wasn't supposed to live, but okay. I, I, you know, I was, I was premature. And so they, they baptized me as baby Alexander, just in case I passed away and, and I made it. Okay. So, um, 
I, I, you know, I grew up with my own sort of thoughts and ideas and, you know, I'll admit, you know, there's times, there's moments of, you know, I used to say people who believed in a higher power weren't, you know, smart, right? They're, you know, what are you crazy? And now as you get older, and I think you'll, you'll attest this as you get older, it's just mm-hmm. that if, if people can eat, if, if people are Muslim, because that's who they are, if they're Christian, because that's who they are, Catholic, any Hindu, whatever it is, I'm okay with it. I have no qualms about it. Because I think, you know, I said it again on Saturday, I'm, I'm all about people's, people's actions. And so, you know, the fact, uh, you know, this, we're, we're gonna go off on tangents, I know that. I didn't yeah. know, another thing you just taught me, I yeah. didn't, I, because I don't pay attention to the news that much. Um, I didn't know he live streamed it. Yeah, he did. That's crazy, man. And and so now it's like he live streams it. People of faith scared to go to church, scared to go to mosque, scared to go to, you know, place of worship because you guess, you know, that's just, it's insane. It's insane what's happening. And it's all because of um, a white nationalist. Uh, you know, what, what was his line? He's talking about, um, he was trying to create hate or a, what was it, the expulsion? He, what his goals were, what his goal was is to, um, I mean, there were some others. I didn't, I, I read the manifesto. I didn't read the whole thing, but one of the things was to provoke a backlash from the Muslim community mm-hmm. to further initiate this race war and to expel the quote unquote invaders, which to him <laughs> and invade and to him and invader was basically colored people coming in and do menial jobs until right. they can build themselves up some more, which for him right. was a threat apparently. Right. Um, a lot of immigrants, I mean, like immigrants and a lot of immigrants come to, come to first world countries, invasion. I mean, like they're doing a lot of the jobs that a lot of the locals don't want to do. And that's how they build themselves up. My right. dad, he started off uh, working in an Indian restaurant, washing dishes. And by the time he retired, he was the head of IT, at, uh, the head of data management at the city of Montreal. It's not an invasion. It's just, you come in and you come in, you, you earn your, you know, you earn your place, you become a citizen. Like, any other like it's i still i can't wrap my head around this right and you and i talked uh, you know it's and these people are immigrating emigrating whatever it is legally to a country because mm-hmm. they're you know in some cases and i don't know everyone's case but their homes are gone because they've been bombed right yeah there's a lot there's a number of refugees there. some of them immigrated like they they immigrate for you know just better life and some of them are mm-hmm. brought in as refugees but they have the right know, to be there you know and I, you're right and i always think about I always think about what if that was happening in Canada and then, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of your, your skin color and, and beliefs and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, and you had to immigrate to India, you yeah. immigrate to Pakistan, to Syria, mm-hmm. to, you know, and then, and then you get there and people hate you. right? Yeah. And it's just like, what's going on? What's happened uh, in this world that, that, you know, it, it's so small. I, I just, yeah, I keep, I'm in disbelief that there's that much hate still. And um, I do want you to talk about uh, white privilege because, again, you and I talked about this where um, I had, again, don't, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't really pay attention to it because I would, I would get offended when someone would call, say, white privilege and say, bring you up, Brandon, you have white privilege. And I'd be like, no, I don't. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I, I try not to. And it's, you know, you and I talked and it's really, you don't have a choice. When we have privilege, uh, we're not. We're the the default is we're not aware that we have it, and the reason and the reason why I can understand this is because you and I are men. We also right. have what's called male privilege. And right. to go back to our, if you don't mind me talking about it, the yes, go ahead, please do. Yes, 
we we're bouncing. We would be in a nightclub establishment, uh, sometimes as patrons on our off nights. And um, as men in this environment, we don't have as much to worry about as women do. Correct. Um, you know, quite often we have the size on our side. I mean, even a small guy like me, there's still like, you know, there's still the size. They're still um, living in a living in a culture, living in this culture. They uh, we're seen more as quote unquote strength. Yep. Uh, women quite often when they're out when they're out in the nighttime, they experience a lot of harassment, verbal, physical, sometimes sexual. Um, and it's and it happens so much; it's just become part of the background scenery. Whereas men, we don't. It's very rare for that to happen. We don't experience. I remember when I was. Yeah. yeah when I remember when I was in teachers' college, uh, we uh, we were talking about with our professor uh, about privilege, and then she asked, "Put up your hand." Um, Men, put up your hand if you've ever felt scared walking to your car. I don't remember seeing any hands, but then she asked the women, and all just about every woman put up their hand. Right. Yeah, right. and it's some. And when you have that privilege, it's not something you often think of. Right, and it's because you just don't. It's like a. It's a, you don't think about it. It's like a subconscious type thing where you don't think about exactly. it. Exactly. And, and so, to, should, Tom, talk about the example you gave me about you um, when you're you traveling to Japan. Where were you in yeah, Europe yeah. with your friends? Give me that example. So, so I was in Japan for three years as an English teacher. Uh, Fun time, uh, helping grow as a person. I would travel around with my friends who are American, who are German, who are white Canadians. Um, I also have friends who are Sri Lankan, Turkish, and different nationalities. When I was traveling with my white friends, the the Japanese students or Japanese, you know, whoever I came across, they would want their photos with my white friends, and I was the one taking the photos. Right. These were the these were the Westerners, quote unquote. Right. And and I remember I remember this one time um, I was at the school and uh, I was outside with the kids and one of the vice principal came up to me he's like you know he's like oh Kario uh, Muslim yeah I'm like yeah Muslim he's like oh the, and then he points at the at at some of the uh, gardeners that they had hired he's oh and he's like them you know they're also Muslim I'm like oh okay so I went to talk to them for a bit for a bit and I was just like oh um, and I, like I'm speaking Japanese I live in the rural area so I picked up the language okay. And they were talking to me in Japanese too. And I said, oh, where are you guys from? Oh, Indonesia. How about you? Canada. And they're like, oh, Canada. Okay. Because I don't exactly have a stereotypical Canadian face. People think <laughs> like a, a, a Caucasian. Right. And then I was like, oh, and, uh, I was like gardening. This is your own business? They're like, oh, no, no, not our own business. What do you do here? And I'm like, oh, I'm the English teacher. And the guy actually took off his hat and shook my hand. He's like, oh, English teacher. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, and then I'm like, oh, yeah that's not the first thing they would think of right um, right right yeah so like it's something that's internalized it's not only it's not a a white person thing alone but something that's internalized globally right um light skin as a as a beauty as a beauty standard japan korea india pakistan this is what's seen and i mean like even when i'm like with uh, my parents so just so your audience knows um i'm canadian born my parents are guyanese they're indian they're indo guyanese so okay. our ancestors like 150 years ago were brought by the british to the caribbean to um, um, offset the labor of African slaves because the slavery no longer existed anymore. So there's still, even with, um, it, with Indian, you know, with quote unquote brown people, there's even that perception of light skin is better. Same thing with East Asians too. And it's like ingrained there and we're trying to, we're trying to unlearn that because that's what 500 years of colonialism taught us is that dark is bad. Light right. skin is beauty. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, we're talking, 
you know, 1590, 1570, when, you know, Europeans yeah. explore, you know, did an exploration of, I think they landed South America first, I believe, Central America-ish, and made their way north and basically... Hispaniola. Uh, they landed at uh, Haiti, Dominican Republic. Right. And then they just yeah. went on a killing spree, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like essentially. Actually, um, I was going to say, if you ever get, if you get a chance um, on Netflix, watch John Leguizamo's Latin History for Morons. It's hilarious and it's brilliant. Okay, cool. I re- I've read Sapiens. And so that's where I learned a lot of this, you know, as a, as yeah. a, as a so, and that's, that's another thing where my brain goes, you know, it doesn't surprise me that we're killing each other. Yeah. Because uh, we're homo sapiens. And that's basically what we do to our core. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course. Right. And so, you know, let's, let's have a, let's just talk or, you know, I don't want to say make fun because I, I, I'm trying, I, I use humor in difficult situations, but there's nothing mm-hmm. funny about what happened uh, last week in, in Christchurch. But, you know, people, I, I was telling you how I heard someone say once uh, a little racial slur of, I'm tired of all these bleeps and Muslims mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. C- trying to take over our country. And so they referenced mm-hmm. someone who was Pakistani. And I, mm-hmm. I, I almost felt like, well, you're the idiot. I'd, I'd rather have Pakistani people take over my country because they probably will have an education or want an education because, you know, mm-hmm. Muslims of faith, Christianity is a faith. The, mm-hmm. the two faiths don't discriminate against color. So when you're talking about a faith, like, I mean, the Christian faith tried to take over Europe way back in the day in the Roman Empire. And, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's so much you want to talk about terrorism. Let's look in the mirror, right? And yeah, as far as, and you said it best too, and we both agreed on it was, you know, people are afraid. Yeah, let's just say white people or this white nationalist guy is afraid of Muslim people or people that are non-white coming over and taking over their country. When, yeah. when you look at the United States of America and Canada, for that sake, because that's where, you know, we live and it's our close neighbor. We, mm-hmm. we took this land. We stole it back in the day. So if you're, you know, you want to talk about invaders. Yeah. Hello, right? And so it just, it just doesn't make sense that, you know. Yeah. And um, what mod- I mean, modern day white people, while they may not bear the responsibility, of course, they don't bear the responsibility of their forefathers killing off the indigenous people, but they do profit from it. And I mean, to, and to be honest, too, even immigrants coming to this country, we do profit. We ourselves are, are settlers. We are profiting off of stolen right. indigenous land. So we ourselves people who are immigrating and have a responsibility to acknowledge and try and try best to rectify what happened to indigenous people. Right. Right. Yeah. And so uh, let's talk about, let's uh, let's segue into racism in general. Right. I know you and sure. I, again, we talked briefly on Saturday. It was 30 minutes, yeah. I think. And I, I talked about my one daughter is in grade one. My youngest is in JK and they both have friends who are Caucasian uh, or mm-hmm. Uh, a different, you know, uh, brown, I'll call it one, parents from the Congo and uh, Ethiopia, one is yeah. from Lebanon, and so, and they're Muslim, and one was a headscarf, yet, I don't have any questions about it for my kids. Ima- mm-hmm. uh, imagine that, right? Yeah. Because I don't make it a deal, right? It's not like, you can't talk to this student because they're Muslim. I actually mm-hmm. encourage it. You know, I picked up a book that, you know, believe it or not, I try not to read in public just because I don't want people to talk to me about it and cause a scene. <laughs> yeah. It's and because I did and someone made a comment. I went, really? Uh, it's a book called, where is it? Do I have it down here? No, it's upstairs on my nightstand. Uh, it's 50 things you need to know about Islam. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the comment that someone said was, don't get any crazy ideas. And I was okay. like, what? 
like, what are you talking about? If I was reading the Bible, would you say that? That's what I said to them. And they go, what are you talking about? I, so understanding Islam and the Muslim faith, just, I just want to understand it. I, it doesn't mean I'm converting. It doesn't, what do you think I'm a, t- like the, the gut, the gut check is they think you're just learning. They yeah. think I'm a, no, no, what the person that made the comment, I'm like, they, they think yeah. I'm a terrorist. <laughs> right. Cause that's what people yeah. think. They just think they automatically think cause of nine 11 Muslim yeah. Islam, I, you know, ISIS, which is a whole nother podcast that I don't want to yeah. talk about right now. You know, they're yeah. using, you, you know, yeah, they're, they're using the faith to, for a, whatever. I, I, they're, they're another group that's mastered literally like social media, like technological terror and like social media terror. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think there's, do you think there is an end to this? Like, is there a solution? I'm going to say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I don't uh-huh. think there's a solution in uh, your lifetime or my lifetime. Uh-huh. I, I, I have hopes for, you know, the generation that was born in 2000, 2010 and beyond. Uh huh. Um, only because it starts with you and I. More I so me. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, well, I mean, like we all have our. Remember, we all have our different types of privileges too. I think right. where it starts is recognizing our own privilege. I mean, I I would say I would. I'm still safer as a as a brown male traveling than as a Caucasian female. Because as a woman traveling, you're yeah. like it, it. You don't have as much privilege as a male, which is unfortunate, and it shouldn't yeah. be like that. But unfortunately, that that is that's how it is right now. Yeah, Until just, we can educate men to to behave that. Right, um, right. I don't think we'll ever get over. I don't think racism will ever be solved as long as you have haves and have-nots. Because that's where I believe a lot of that's where I believe is the root of racism comes from. Racism and poverty, racism and haves and have-nots. Those are intrinsically tied. Um, so one way I look at it is like this, Irish people and Jewish people weren't considered Caucasian until the 20th century. One of my former employees, she, she's, um, she's older than me. She was telling me about her grandmother. Um, she's of Irish descent and she, her grandmother, and she inherited newspaper clippings saying, um, you know, um, so and such and such job available, Irish need not apply. And like, and that was that was here in Canada. So like, so her grandfather had to like take a train and travel out to somewhere up like Alberta or somewhere work and then send money back. So point that I'm saying is that have and have not. Ireland was not historically a colonial empire, so they were seen as the N words of Europe. Right. That's a have and have not. Same thing with Jewish people. Yeah. Now we we see oh an Irish person is a white person. So even even the race the racial terms we use are our form of class. Form of economic class, and I don't think you're going to get, and I don't think you'll fully be able to get rid of racism because I don't think you can fully, fully get rid of poverty, but it can definitely be mitigated. Um, a lot of like my opinion about, like, for example, even like even Islamophobia, any form of racism, Islamophobia, anti Semitism, anti black racism, there's always an industry behind it, yeah. And with Islamophobia, um in my opinion, I think it boils down to oil. You're going to have all this fear among over Muslims, so you can justify more, mil- more military and commercial presence in the Middle East, yeah. so there can be more of a monopoly over the oil. And I want to make it clear, I'm not saying anything negative about the, about the Canadian Army or, or, right. or that. I, I, I have a cousin in the American Army. I have friends in the Canadian Army. I'm not blaming them, but you can still look at institutions and see how they're used to do this. Yeah. Because, I mean... 
if if Iraq had if Iraq's main export was pickles, I don't think we'd be having a lot of problems. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. war over pickles? But yeah, oil's <laughs> no, it's it's fuel, right? I I totally yeah, I totally get that. yeah. So um yeah, I don't think racism will ever fully be solved. It could definitely be mitigated with education. Now, what you said about your kids. Children are a clean slate. They don't carry with them prejudices. They don't carry with them biases. Those right. are learned later. And um, it's when they start learning. It's, uh, it's not your kids. It's when children start learning this as they go through the, their uh, the grade school. Right. That's where you have foundations of racism. And they, and they learn that something later from their parents, some later from the media. And it's usually a, compl- it's usually a myriad of different things. Right. Um, they can learn from teachers. Teachers can definitely be racist. Yeah. Um, I remember when I when I first moved to Whippy from Scarborough, uh, you know, all, all grade sixes will behave bad in some way, shape, or the other. But I remember my teacher saying to me, I don't know what you got away with back in your old school, but you can't do that here. And I'm like, and I, I didn't get that until a couple of years later. I'm like, oh, it's because I came from Malvern, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's where Ian went. I think Ian went okay. to Malvern once or twice. That's it was in Malvern? <laughs> I think he did a stint. I think he did. <laughs> He went to a lot of public schools and, and high schools. It was Malvern High School, right? Well, well Malvern is in the area of uh, Scarborough. Like, okay. um, there is a school called Malvern. I didn't go to it. But, okay, like, so, I, no, I, yeah, I so grew- he did live in Malvern then. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I grew up in Malvern. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know he did. Oh, cool. Yeah, way back in the day. Um, you know, it's funny you talk about, uh, you know, kids. And, you know, I just have this strong opinion of, you know, uh, who was I talking to? I was speaking to someone the other day, it wasn't you, uh, and I talked about racism and when does it start? Because I went to public school with, there's probably three black kids. There's a couple, I'll call them Indian, you know, Indian Pakistani kids. South Asian, yeah. Right, South Asian. Um, I had a crush on a Filipino girl. Um, And so we, I, I probably got all the way up to grade eight and didn't really hear the n-word unless it was in movies didn't hear it at school like nobody called Mm -hmm. somebody that um Mm -hmm. and there was no like oh he's indian or he's pakistani he can't come play with us right um Mm -hmm. and so i was you know i was having this this reflective moment of when does racism start like when does it truly start and you know you said Mm -hmm. media and i cannot that's why i stay out of the news right because i think it's Mm -hmm. i think there's some I'll use the term conspiracies, but uh, you know, maybe agendas is a better word. I'm, you know, there's, there's only, it used to be like three or four families that own all the media companies. Now it's a little bit more. I think it's like less than 10, maybe 12, but, and, and typically they were all white, right? Right. Right. So you've got like six or seven white rich families controlling the message and the narrative. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen? Right. And that's what I think is happening in part now Social media has it. Social media has its benefits, as in, you can see, you know, hate and fake stuff, but you can also see real stuff, right? Like, like this, like maybe this would yeah. air on the news, and you would yeah. hear it, right? But now with social media, you can spread the word and spread the the happiness or the cooperativeness, right? And you have um, independent media, so you also, you also yeah. have, in in addition to happiness, you have objectivity. Yeah. And that's important when you have these small, when you have smaller news outlets. Now it is now, of course, you can also have and smaller news outlets that are incredibly biased too. I mean, but it, it, it's still at least with social media, you're going to get more things unfiltered. It's similar to how in the '70s, um, when you had when you had more TVs in the house, now you had images of the Vietnam War being brought into your household. 
Yeah. And that's like, that changed public opinion against it. So there's, you're seeing more reality now. It's like, I think it's one of those shifts in uh, media, like in the 70s. That's what we're having now. Yeah, I had, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, Michelle was teaching a uh-huh. class. I can't remember where, I'm not going to say where, and I can't remember what grade, yeah. but it was fairly young. And she would do yoga with the kids every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. She'd do like a 15 minute kids yoga. And the kids, oh, yeah, yeah. The kids loved it. Yeah. And, until until a parent or two came in and said uh i do not want my child doing yoga because it has uh, it's from the hindu background or muslim background i can't remember where where did you probably probably hindu and so they didn't want it so michelle had to stop oh it's like what like but that's like that's the crap that i'm talking about like uh, you know why do i love canada because if there's there's two parts to it if you ask an american what's your background? They're going to say American. <laughs> yeah. Right. I asked Khalil, yeah. what's your background? You'll say Guyanese oh. and right. Indo-Guyanese, but I was born in Canada. I'm also Canadian. Right. And when you ask me, I say, I'm, I was born in Canada, but my family heritage is uh, British, Scottish and Finnish. Okay, cool. Right. And so yeah. when you, th- so when I say that, I say, it because Canada is very multicultural country. Yeah. Very diverse. Right? Right. And I think that's one of the things I like, but at the same time, I just can't believe how people don't get along. I mean, knock on wood, we don't have these huge terrors going on like Christchurch. It, it, didn't mm-hmm. something. Wasn't well, there, there was a shooting there... in Quebec. Right. And, uh, six men were killed while praying. Um, they were murdered by, um, again, right, right wing, far right nationalist Trump supporter that site. Um, I mean, I mean we've, all, we've also had mass shootings that more, more like, not only race, not only race based, but like we had a, there was that guy out in New Brunswick, um, murdered four CMP officers because he thought the Canadian government was going to take his gun. Oh my God. You remember that, right? I, I don't watch the news, man. Listen, I, I, yeah, it was I, <laughs> I, I stay away from it only because it's so negative and I don't want to bring me down. It's just these yeah. big, the big stories I can't hide from. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they're important. Like it's an education thing too, for me. It's like, Oh my God. Like I just, yeah. I'm still dumbfounded by this, this whole thing that happened in Chrysler. So I'm like, you know, you know, and and there was the video on Facebook a year or two ago, the guy at, you know, it looked like it was uh, center Island and uh, there was some Brown people and and a white guy was saying, get off my land, get away from my country. And I'm like, dude, like it's 2019, it's 2018. Like I get over, like my dentist, uh, the girl is Indian and she's doing Uh great. And then my dentist is Vietnamese. Um, funny story. Not fun. I always say funny story. There's nothing funny about racism, but, um, I took an Uber home from Ian's uh-huh. house and, yeah. uh, he, the, the gentleman that was driving was Brown in color ish, right? Some, you know, okay. middle Eastern. I didn't know what, and we start talking and I said, uh, so you, you Uber all the time. He goes, no, just on weekends, going to university. I said, where do you go? He goes, York, but I live out in Whippy and, Yada, yada, yada. I said, oh, great. I said, you know, where'd you go to high school? You were born and raised here? He goes, no, no, no. I'm, I immigrated here however many years ago. And I go, where are you from? And he goes, Afghanistan. And okay. I, I didn't even hesitate. I go, how many times people ask you that? And you say Afghanistan, and then they shut up and stop talking to you. And he goes, mm. it happens lots of times. I go, because they probably think you're a terrorist, right? I, I don't think you're a terrorist. I said, what do you, mm. you know? And then we just, we talked more about it. But it was that moment of like, He's just a random dude, like you said, immigrating mm-hmm. to make up to have a better life. And, you know, he was t- he was saying, uh, and again, we're on a tangent. Afghanistan it, right now, I think, is a third world country. 
and it used to be very yeah it used to be yeah. a second world country until the war yeah it was a yeah communist country oh. until um yeah it was a communist country then the soviets invaded right and so but to keep it communist yeah. right and so then you've got all these you know you've got people that are you know the the living standards are going down so of course they want to leave and, and go somewhere that mm-hmm. they're accepted right and, and who has room and who's nice canada so i think yeah i mean ultimately people just need to we, we need to you know i'll, I'll um, you know for white people you know mm-hmm. drop the attitude people no one's taken over canada right we we had a brief conversation right back in the day Sure, you yeah. can take over territories. Right now, you can't take over Canada. Can't. It's impossible. Canada Canada is a nation of immigrants. And right. we're not only are we are a nation of immigrants, but we're also a nation that we also take in refugees. And this is something that um I've been seeing a lot um from the conservative from the conservative I'd say from the far from the further right end of the conservative uh discourse about this like andrew shear I'm, I'm absolutely not a fan of that guy okay um there's a lot of fear-mongering over asylum seekers so yeah. they're saying oh yeah we support immigration but we support legal immigration do it the proper way not illegal immigration Correct. i don't think this guy and his ilk understand asylum seeking is perfectly legal you can go to a border and seek asylum you they still have to do the paperwork they still do the background checks they still do all that and there are people, and you have people, you have a lot of Haitians, for example, a lot of people who are fleeing ICE in America. You have people from Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, they are seeking asylum. That is perfectly legal. Right. And it's being, and the flames are being fanned that there's like some sort of big wave of people just going to storm the border like, uh, like it's a football match. No, <laughs> yeah. it's perfectly legal to, yeah. seek, to seek asylum. And, they, and Andrew Scheer and all these guys, not all conservatives. Um, Michael Chong, for example, is a, he's he's a conservative politician and he and he supports his refugees. So I'm not I'm not labeling all of them like that. But and but like there's a lot of this fear mongering along the further right about these asylum seekers, asylum seekers. We take in refugees. Canada has always done it. Vietnamese, uh, Afghanis when the war first started. Uh, Viet um, yeah Vietnamese, um, Haitians uh, like we. We didn't live up to it in World War II when you had Jewish people yeah. trying to come here as refugees. Yeah. They were shipped back to Europe and they were murdered in concentration camps. Yep, yep. And I heard in the states there was Japanese Americans around Hiroshima and in that time frame where there's basically when the when when their constitutional rights were needed most, they were just yeah. taken away because they they looked the, the part and mm-hmm. nobody trusted them. Um, I, I had two thoughts. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna write one down. Sure. Uh, and the other one, because I have two thoughts. So, Trump, I want you to tell me, not right now. The the first thing is, um, you talked about colonialism and why mm-hmm. people from like the Congo or French-speaking African countries would naturally emigrate to France. Talk about mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what you called it and and how you talked about it, just over the history of British mm-hmm. rule and all that kind of. Do you remember that conversation? Remember? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So explain explain why some people emigrate to certain countries. Okay, well, uh, primary reason you would have, let's say, a lot of Algerians or Congolese people going to France is because France used to be the colonizer. France was there because of because of their colonization. A lot of their resources were depleted, but they now can speak French and they're now familiar with with the infrastructure that was imposed on them. So a lot of uh, Franco, a lot of Franco in Middle Eastern countries, their their governmental structure is similar to French, 
and a lot of um, Anglophone, a lot of the countries that were influenced by the by uh, Anglophone colonialization. Obviously, they have more British infrastructure. So, like, like uh, just stepping away from the Middle East, the Caribbean, for example, it's all British imperial system there. So, yeah. going back to Algeria and these places, they're going to immigrate to the quote unquote. I, I hate using this term, but the quote unquote mother country, the the colon, the country that colonized them, because. Yep. They have the language. They know the infrastructure. That that is where they're going to gravitate to, um, and it it just makes sense. And really, the, uh, these countries—Britain, France, Spain, Portugal—they don't have a they don't have a any moral authority to not want to take these people in as immigrants. Um, after World War Two, I I told you before, a lot of Algerians were brought in to rebuild uh, to rebuild France after the uh, war with not after what Nazi Germany did to them. Mm-hmm. And that and that was a big that was a big service, and quite often they weren't paid as much as the Frenchman would be paid. Right. So they definitely earned their keep there. And now you have now, and there's a lot of anti-Algerian sentiment in France, and it just and it just seems very very, what's the word? It's just very stupid. Like the, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> like the, the, the audacity of that. Yeah, I got. Or yeah, like, that's the word. That's the word. I, yeah, I got an idea. Let's even, go. Go ahead, exactly. go ahead. Go ahead. Or, or in Britain, for example, uh, Indian and Pakistanis who were uh, immigrating after World War II. There's this one guy. I, I, it just popped into my. I totally forgot his name. He was a, he was a World War II vet, but um, then he became a, a right wing politician. And he said there were no p word in Dunkirk. None of those people were at Dunkirk. Actually, there were members of the British Indian Army fighting at Dunkirk, and they're members of the British Indian Army, which also include Muslims. Yep. Sikhs and Hindus as well, who fought in Burma against the Japanese. It was very brutal fighting. They fought in uh, North Africa, and basically they did a lot of the fight. They did a lot of a lot of fighting on behalf of, half of a British Empire that, in the fifties, did not want to accept them immigrating to Britain. And India, and and a lot of people don't know this, but Winston Churchill, you know, he's remembered he's remembered for uh, repelling the Nazi invasion of the UK as he rightly should be. But a lot of people don't know that he starved India to, to feed Britain, especially during the war. Like millions of Indians died from starvation because all their food was going to Britain. India, the South, the South Asian subcontinent did a lot for the British Empire. And now, and then decades afterwards, Indian and Pakistani immigrants faced horrible racism from the British. Yeah. And this is not a lot of, this history is not usually talked about. That's just, and again, like, colonializing colonializing a country right so france goes to colonizing yeah. colonizing uh what did you say what was the what was the country uh algeria algeria and yeah. so they went to algeria colonized it basically uh-huh. put their stamp on it and then yeah. they left and now people like and it's just like and it's probably had you know french government there all that kind of stuff and it's just mm-hmm. Yeah, the audacity to not say, "Hey, you know, these people lived under your rule, let's say your colonial colonialism, and now they're back, and you know, they want to come to your country and help out, and you know, as you mm-hmm. said, sometimes do the jobs that normal people wouldn't do." Mm-hmm. That the average to, that the average French person wouldn't do. Yeah, right. To to hopefully live a better life and progress and do you know something like your dad did, right? Come in, start at yeah. the bottom, work your way up. Uh, and and be a good example for your kids. The other thing I wanted you to touch on is yeah. talk about your thoughts when Bush was in in power and now Trump. You had said about 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, it was about, uh, what was it? Spikes in anti-Semitism or something like that or racial stuff. Okay. Yeah. So 9-11 happens. Um, there are hate crimes afterwards, of course. George Bush, and he, he did a lot of horrible things with Iraq, a lot of horrible things with Afghanistan. But I will also say, he also went to mosques in America. He also took off his shoes, spoke to crowds. I think, he, I think maybe he was, trying to record, he was trying to recruit support for the war from the Muslim population. He, he failed abysmally. But the point is, is like, he, after 9-11, you had, you had a, con, a, a concerted effort from Americans to maintain peace with their Muslim neighbors and vice versa. A lot of Muslims were reaching out. They reached out and they denounced it, absolutely denounced 9-11. And, and this has to be said because often people say, Muslims, why don't they condemn? Muslims do condemn this stuff. All right. major Islamic organizations have been very vocal. From Al-Azhar University to various governments around the world, even the government of Iran had a candlelight vigil for 9-11 across the country. Right. In Iran. To remember the victims. Right. In Iran, yeah. And, that, they're, not, and, that, and they're not friends of the United States. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so the point is, like, after 9-11, like, yes, there were hate crimes. There was also, there was also an effort not to turn against your Muslim neighbors. When elections happen, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, that's when you have hate crimes spiking. Because then you have these leaders fanning the flames of fear to get votes. And when Donald Trump was running, there was a significant rise in hate crimes. Significant. When Obama was running, there was also a rise because people were going after conspiracy theories. Barack Obama is a socialist. Barack Obama is a Muslim. Barack Obama is part of the Muslim Brotherhood. Barack Obama is like, like all that. But then come Trump, and even bigger because his president, because he capitalized on these, yep. on these fears. He, I mean, one of the big reasons he won is because he appealed to white nationalists, um, amongst other things. But that's when you have a rise in hate crimes. It's during election cycles. <sighs> and just, <Yeah>. it's, because <laughs> it's media, right? It's just, it's just, uh, drives me insane. Yeah. Like that whole Barack Obama thing, that's just somebody trying to smear his campaign and make him look like a Muslim because people thought Muslims were terrorists. Yeah, and I mean, uh, there was something that happened on uh, the Bill Ma- the Bill Maher show where um, they were like, "Oh no, no, he's not a Muslim. He's not a Muslim." And then Ben Affleck goes, "Well, does anybody see a problem here?" Well, and then Bill, Bill's like, "Well, what?" He's like, "No, no, Bill. Well, imagine if I said this: Is Bill a Jew? No, he's not a Jew. He's a good guy." Because <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened with John McCain. John McCain yeah. was like, "There was a lady there who was like, don't we can't we have to stand against Barack Obama? He's an Arab." He's a, and then John McCain goes, no, no, no. He's he's Barack Obama's a really good guy. It's like he's not hold on a second. Yeah, hold right. on a second. Okay, so Arabs Barack are Obama's not good guys. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, Barack Obama's a Muslim. No, no, he's okay. Oh, uh, so and so's Jewish. No, no, he's okay. No, there is no. That's not an antithesis. And Ben Affleck made a very, very good point there. And yeah. that, and again, that's what a lot of these politicians were like. Oh no, he's not a Muslim. He's a good guy. And these were left wing politicians, Democrats. Yeah. So when do you remember when Jagmeet? But there was a thing that happened with Jagmeet Singh, I think last year or two years. I think it was like last year, maybe two years ago, where um, some crazy lady who clearly has a problem with brown people, she ran up and started accusing Jagmeet Singh of being a Muslim and being part of the Muslim Brotherhood. That, 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 that. He's not Muslim. Jagmeet Singh is a Sikh. And Jagmeet Singh, instead of saying, oh, I'm not Muslim, he says, we welcome you. We love you. You're a citizen just like everyone else. Like he gave some good words, and he, but he did not say, I'm not a Muslim. And the reason why he did that is, like, he says, I don't want to, he says, he's not, like, it, the gist was that he didn't want to be like, oh, I'm not one of them because being one of them is bad. 
My it's God. he's just like he didn't want to he didn't want to do it. He just said everybody is welcome here and I will stand for for everyone's rights. He wasn't trying he like he didn't want to inadvertently demonize a face to make himself look clean in her eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I'm just I just pulled up on the internet. This is something interesting. It's twenty fifteen because there's nothing done yet. But as of twenty fifteen there was two point three billion Christians in the world and one point eight billion Muslims. Yeah. So, so for people who are listening, if you don't realize how how many people are practice that faith, right? You know, I, you know, the Muslim faith, the Christian faith. The other, yeah. the other, the other thing that when you scroll down to, and this is on uh, PewResearch.org, it uh-huh. says Muslims projected to be fastest growing major religious group, estimated percent, yeah. estimated percent change in population size, twenty fifteen to twenty sixty. It mm-hmm. says seventy percent Muslim growth and thirty four percent Christians, right? So, mm-hmm. oh, people are gonna be changing, <laughs> right? <It's not> <laughs> but like that, yeah. you know, my whole my whole view on that is, um, people. I think you know, I, I mentioned this on our phone call on Saturday about the eighty twenty rule, uh, Pareto principle, right? The media, mm-hmm. the media just shows us 20% of the news and that's the really bad crap that's on the news. We don't get to hear the mm-hmm. 80% of good. And uh, I'll convert it to a hell's angel saying hell's okay. angels uh, used to have a 1% tattoo or a 1% uh, badge for your, your best. And what it meant was there's only, only 1% of bikers are bad or criminals. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think mm-hmm. the, the same holds true with anything. 1%, 10% of Muslims are bad. 1%, 10% of Christians, horrible. You know, Hindus, horrible, Jewish people, horrible, right? There's, like you said, we're not, we're never going to get rid. We're never going to rid racism. There's always going to be some bad people. You're also more likely to be killed by someone in your own group than by an outside group. Listen, and, and I don't want to, you know, um, reduce how important or how serious what happened at Christ church was, but the reality is someone's going to, more people are going to die from sugar and obesity than, yep you know, a mass shooting that doesn't Absolutely. mean mass shootings aren't horrible because it's disgusting. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, but that should at least alleviate some of this hate. Like yeah. uh, that was one of my questions I wrote down and I don't know if we talked about it already, but you know, why is there, why is there such a hate on for Muslims or, or is it not Muslim well, it's brown people? I, I think every generation has its own, uh, has its own boogeyman. Yeah. Um, in the 1930s, Muslims weren't even on the uh, Muslims weren't even on the uh, on the table. It was Jewish people. It was right. communists. Um, I, I think I think uh, through every I think through every time period, there's always going to be another boogeyman. And and even for this time period, it's not just Muslims. I mean, like gays and lesbians, they're yeah. still demonized a lot. You know, people still believe that they quote unquote cause AIDS, or they're going to like ruin families, which is not true. <laughs> Which has been thoroughly debunked. Uh, right. Black people are uh, black people to this day are still horribly demonized. Yeah, um, I think we're one. I just think I mean like Latino people. I mean like, and that's rising with with everything going on in um, Trump's America. Build I think every, Yeah, exactly. I think uh, I mean you have children sitting in cages. Yeah, he's, he, like he's stuck entire families in cages, yeah. and people have died in these cages. What I'm saying is, I don't, I don't think, it, I don't think there's, um, it, it's not, it's not just Muslims. They are like Muslims are one of several groups that are, you know, that are demonized again for political, commercial, yeah. financial purposes. And maybe it spiked and, recently. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like in the 19th century, it was Catholics. Like there's yeah. always, and it was Irish people, and it was Italian yeah. people. Yeah. There's every generation. There's always somebody. So I mean, I'm just like this is the next phase. But the question is, is that it, it, it's not about sitting down and just just writing out. It's combating it. And the thing is, you don't combat it to just try to try and win. You may not win. You combat it because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed yep. to combat racism or and uh, discrimination. Whether or not you can win, that's just what you do. So how do we combat it? Um, education is good. Like what you're doing, reading that book. That's I've actually uh, I think these things. Uh, I think I heard of it, but I mean, like, point is educating yourself, um, and just for the sake of educating yourself. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, uh, building relationships. Uh, this this Islamic scholar, Dr. Reza Aslan, he's a brilliant man. He said, it's not facts and figures that stop bigotry. It's relationships that stop bigotry. Yeah. I could show you all sorts of facts and figures showing how Muslims are in all these university degrees and do the, work in this and that commerce industry or whatever. It's not going to make a difference. It's when you build a relationship with somebody, it changes. Yep. When, so, when my, so uh, for example, my sister, she's in a same-sex relationship. When she came out, a number of my aunts and uncles who have uh, homophobic views that they they if they lost it no oh sorry not lost it as in they went bonkers they stopped having those views because they chose to love my sister more than to have the prejudice and that's yeah. a relationship thing let me stop you there so, real quick one second Did, yeah you worked with ken swan right was ken swan on the team when, ken when swan? Ken, i don't recall okay so so ken swan is a friend who's uh gay homosexual okay. and mm-hmm. uh we're sitting by the bar one day and this is when he explained this. It made total sense. And it took him like 10 seconds. And I go, I go, Ken, when did you realize you were gay? And he looks at me and he goes, when did you realize you were straight? <laughs> and I was yeah. like, why doesn't, why didn't anyone tell me that 10, 15, 20 years ago? Uh-huh. That makes complete sense. Right. And that's all your sister had to do. Like, how, what do you mean you're gay? I'm like, what do you mean you're straight? How did you know? I just knew. Well, I just knew too. Like that's yeah. all like, People just don't get it. You know, do I think, again, Pareto principle, do I think there's 1% of people who uh, choose to do something crazy, uh, bisexual, whatever, to get attention? Of course, because there's just as many straight people that do crazy things to get attention. But the reality is you just know what you are, right? And that's why, you know, uh, know, transgender, all this this movement on identifying as a male or female. Listen, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm okay with all of it. I, I will mm-hmm. I will stand by a point of just you can't change your biology, right? So if you're going to go to the doctor and you identify as a woman, you need to tell them that the insides are a man because different symptoms, different problems mm. that could cause your life, right? I'm Ch- still I'm still learning a lot about this myself, right? Um, and I don't know a ton about it. I just know that listen, yeah. if I had chest pains, it's symptoms for a heart attack. A woman has chest mm. pains, it's symptoms for something totally different. Right. And so, you know, I talk about mis, you know, mismedication, right? What if you mm. say, Oh, you're a woman. Okay, great. Well, you need this and you don't do anything because it's common and then you die because you had a heart attack. You know, it's just, it's random little, and I'm not that smart to, to debate on it or talk about, but anyway. I don't know much about the biology, okay. the biological side. I think the big concern with transphobia is more like the sociological side, like the, the presumption that there would like the, um, there's an accusation that oh they're all out to molest children. No, that's not true. In fact, <laughs> a child is a child is more is like the a child a straight male is a bigger threat. Totally. Because and that's totally based on that's that's a statistics. Yeah, not yeah. a trend. 
That was trans person. Yeah. Is it, is it strange? Yeah. Cause it's brand new. People don't understand it. Like you and I, we don't, we're not smart enough or, or know enough about it. So is it different to me? Yeah. You know, it's, there's a whole model on change management at companies because people don't like change. And that's probably a big part of, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to change more and more. Uh, people are emigrating regardless of faith. Let's, let's put that to an end, but regardless of faith, more and more people are emigrating to Canada. It's looking a lot different. Uh, and so now I'm nervous. And for what reasons? I don't know. Cause I don't like change. Right. But yeah. Guess what? Welcome to the earth. It's changing more rapidly now than in the last 500 years. So, and you know what? Immigration has always, it's always happened. Right. I mean, Egypt, like, you know, you look at a country, you think maybe mono uh, culture or mono ethnic. Egypt, for example, is very diverse. Armenians, Greeks, uh, Copts, Arabs, you, uh, places where you was China, China, for example, has over 55 different ethnic groups. Oh, my God. Uh, well, and by of- the way, there's, there's actually more Muslims in China than in Saudi Arabia. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Let me see this. Uh, there's, there's about 50. Asia, listen to this, listen to this. Middle okay. East um my urine crush population estimated deaths outnumbered births between all other estimated natural increase births minus deaths undermine okay where does yeah oh, i thought i had a, a, a chart it's okay but yeah no east asia actually has far more muslims than yeah. uh, the middle east and africa as well they have far like sub-saharan africa has they have far more than uh the middle east but like what i'm saying is like uh immigrant immigration this has always happened this is it's not new and countries that have high that have higher rates of immigration higher settled immigrant population they tend to do better not only culturally but economically say that again say that again oh sorry yeah no i was saying um countries that um countries that have higher immigration rates they tend to do better sorry they tend to do better not only culturally but economically do you know why um, I, I don't have the papers in front of me, but I know one thing is that you have a ready and willing labor force. You have people bringing their wealth from other countries. Yeah, that makes sense. You have, you have networking from other countries. So like, you know, like with ton of, ton of us Guyanese people were here, we, they're still doing stuff with business back home, like farming, uh, like with farming, agriculture, even technology. Um, you got the Chinese populations that are here. China is yeah. a huge economic, is an economic giant that brings in business here and vice versa. Sometimes and people that want to work. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. People that exactly. want to work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, yeah. No work back home. Cause the second world, you know, whatever. Yeah. You come to Canada, they're willing to work and do again, yeah. the jobs that no one else wants to do. People get exactly. pissed off. They're taking our jobs. And, well, don't see you. And, and China is a very interesting one in particular for immigration. Cause like you have talks to Chinese people, historic populations of Chinese people in so many different parts of the world. You know, like Cuba, for example, they have a historic Chinese population. What? Yeah, they, they they speak purely Spanish. They don't speak Chinese. The Caribbean, we got we got Chinese people. They don't speak a word of Spanish, a word of um of Mandarin Chinese. Mandarin, they, speak, yeah. they, they speak English. My my because uh, um I was telling you about my cousin. She's her last name is a Chinese last name. Her grandfather was was, was Chinese Guyanese, but he can't speak a word of Mandarin. His because his parents they immigrated from China. From, his grandparents immigrated from China. There was no Chinese rule there or nothing. It was just looking for work or do you, what was the, what was the reason for the, the immigration for oh, the- uh, they just, again, slavery ended. They needed a labor force from somewhere else. So the British brought people in from India and China and okay. Portugal. And okay. then later on, Chinese started coming on their own too. Okay. Okay. But yeah. because there was already a community or, or, you know, uh, a group there. So it made sense then. Yeah. So like different parts of the world, they have their own historic, uh, put ex-ethnic group there and they're, they're already there. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, 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 so point is like this is a, it's a natural human thing, immigration, immigration. So yeah. it's part of what makes us. It's part of what makes us human. Right, right. And so back to back to combating. So education, building relationships. Uh, and so your sister, same sex marriage. Uh, do you think she educated your family, which changed their views? Definitely. Okay. Definitely, definitely. Um, I would also say uh, travel um, with regards to understanding, like, like with um, like learning about different groups of people, combating racism. Traveling yeah. helps so much because when you go into a different environment, you have a lot of your own stereotypes broken. But when yeah. you're traveling, <clears throat> immerse yourself with the people. Because yeah. when I was in Japan. There was always a group of Westerners. There was always there would always be a group where they didn't hang out with any with any Japanese people. It's just amongst each other. They didn't learn the language. They didn't get out there. Yeah. Get out there and meet the locals and mingle with the locals. Actually, it's funny because a number of the like a lot of the those guys who never learned Japanese there and never um, and never experienced that they actually had pretty antagonistic views to immigration in their own countries. Ah. So it's like, well, why can't they learn English? And I'm like, dude, you've been in Japan for like four years. Why don't you speak <laughs> Japanese, man? That's right. That's right. Um, funny you say that. Um, it, this is a small example, but we went to Mexico for a wedding. And yeah. obviously the language in Mexico is Spanish. And so yeah. uh, we went to see the same guy every day for, for lunch and breakfast. And he goes, uh, he taught me some Spanish. And then halfway huh. through, I, he said he could barely speak English. I could barely speak Spanish, but we could both speak. We both spoke French. Oh, cool. And, right. So it was just amazing to go, ah, we parle français. And he goes, ah, oui. Je and you totally understand each other now because you found that yeah. commonality, right? So it's just, it's funny you say travel and immerse yourself. And that's, I mean, that's a big reason I picked up that book about Islam yeah. because, you know, now I know about Mecca and Medina and, you know, mosques are built the same facing towards uh, Mecca, right? They all face mm -hmm. Mecca, right? And yeah. so, you know, Muhammad and his uncle or something like that, or his brother-in-law, I can't remember what it was. It was, you know, another, so there's different parts. And so it's just a really neat learning thing mm -hmm. where um, it, I said this on the phone on Saturday, it sounds a lot like the Christian Bible. <laughs> there's just some similarities, right? Yeah, well, there's Semitic religions, Christianity, yeah. Islam, and Judaism. You're going to definitely have a lot of um, overlap. Like, for example, Jesus Christ, uh, Muslims and Christians both believe that he, is, he was of a virgin birth. Right. Or Islam and Judaism. They're both scholar-based religions. Right. Um, so it's not like you can inherit a title simply by birth, like, you know, like, uh, like a priest or anything. Yeah. Anyone can be an imam or a rabbi. You just got to study for it. And I heard uh, both the Christian Christianity and Muslim faith. We both used, uh, well, we whatever. Both both yeah. religions use the word Allah. But when when Christianity first started, they actually used the word Allah to to reference God, and then they just stopped. But they the were, Arabic mm -hmm. Arabic speaking Christians, yeah, that's right. So just kind of you know, it's just because again, media movies. You know, you hear the word Allah. It's the last thing someone says before yeah. they do something crazy, right? So. Yeah. Well, actually, in our in our faith, the last thing we're supposed to say, the last thing we should we're supposed, or at least we endeavor to say before we die is, um, "La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah." There is no god but Allah. There is no god but God, and Muhammad is the final prophet. That's right. So, I read that. It's in one of the things. That's right. So yeah. So I mean, again, like yeah, you'd have like an, an ISIS or Al Qaeda type. They'll say that before they blow themselves up. Right. They'll also have a per person dying of uh, cancer. That's the last yeah, thing yeah. they'll say too. And and a lot of those people who were murdered this past weekend, that's yeah. what I'm sure a lot of them, if they had the chance to say it, that's what they uh, said. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Christians do say that. Christian Arabic speaking Christians say it too. I went to uh, my friend's brother. He died. Uh, he died early, unfortunately. They're Lebanese uh, Greek Orthodox, Greek Orthodox Christians. And during the service for his brother, um, yeah, they would say Allah in their prayers, but they're Christian. Right. Right. Yeah. What was that thing you said that there's the thing you say before you die? What was it? La ilaha. Yeah. Illallah. Yeah. Muhammad Rasulullah. So and, there is no, there is no that, God but God and Muhammad the prophet. So. And isn't that the same sort of little prayer you're supposed to say like multiple times throughout the day? Isn't there one it, that is, it's um what you what we say uh five times we pray five times a day and what we do is uh we recite surah fatiha which is the first chapter of the quran yes so that that's what we recite um every you've probably seen the movement so we recite that and then we go then you see it's going like bending over and then going down yeah so each one of those each one of those units is called a rakat okay and depending on the time of day it'll either be Two or cross, two or cross the form of prayer, or three or four. So in the morning, there's two of those. So we yeah. recite the Surah Fatiha twice. Um, the the midday prayer, we do four cuts. So the so Fatiha we say four times. Okay. Uh, the like the late afternoon prayer again four times. Then the sun, the prayer we do at sundown, that's three times, and then the night time four times. Okay. So yeah, Fatiha is the is that's the chapter that we say when we pray. Right, and so this you know you said the word education, and so I'm just yeah. trying to do my part here, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. people freak out, you know. Have you seen um, Homeland, the series? He, no, but I know of it. Yeah, so he just he's got it. He the the guy that came back from the army uh, had his carpet because he was enslaved, and but he he turned to Muslim, and so it's just you know seeing the prayer and the saying and then reading this book about what, what that prayer is. just It's neat learning about it and then understanding that it's just a faith and it's, it's a decent faith, just like the Christian faith, right? A lot of there's, there's crazy stuff you hear, but it's not crazy. Okay. It's like people have their beliefs and you know, nine times out of 10, 95 times out of a hundred, it's positive. There's just crazy yeah. people in the world that, that use it for, for bad shit. So, Oh, I just, I just swore for the first time. <laughs> Ah, that poop. That's that not poop. A, that's not explicit. I can be. I can be. <laughs> um, pe- <laughs> people are shaped by their environments, yeah. and the thing is that um, you'll never find anyone from any faith, or or even if they have no faith, you're never gonna find someone who's totally good or totally bad. Um, Islam is a religion of 1.8 billion. Yeah. You're gonna have different interpretations, but right. you're also gonna have and and interpretation is different from doing the bad stuff. There's just there's different interpretations from sex. But also, you're going to have people who will use whatever belief system they have to justify doing something bad. And oh, they exist mean, in every. You mean ISIS, right? <laughs> ISIS, yeah, ISIS. Um, oh, and so, interestingly enough, by the way, a lot of those ISIS commanders, they're former Baathists. So the guys who, who were in Saddam Hussein's government, and Saddam's government was very secular, very, very. Um, it was modeled off of a socialism, off of a Joseph Stalin type of government, yeah. which, is, which is irreligious. So it's interesting that ISIS is commanded by former ultra-secularists, guys who used to drink and womanize. Right. And that's right. often, and you'll often find that with the case. So like, and people again, don't know that. Yeah. But, like, but the thing is with a lot of these groups, a lot of these, um, with these, radical, these radical groups, they, the leaders of these groups, they actually don't have religious scholarship. They have business scholarship or medical training. Mm. But they don't have a religious like Anwar al-Maliki. He was a doctor. Osama bin Laden. He he owned a construction company. 
and like and it didn't do very well by the way the Sudanese government kicked them out <laughs> um uh so yeah a lot of these guys they don't have religious training they have commercial or medical training they're like from like professions so people with the, with the religious training they you know, whether or not they're conservative or liberal with it or whether they're really strict they're not going to do these things where they're recruiting people for suicide bombing because they know that whatever however they interpret it they know bloodshed is is one of the worst things you can do. Yeah. So they're not going to do that. I've met some, like, like in Whippy, the mosque that we have there, those guys, they're very, very conservative. But they're, but the, 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 the leadership there, they're very averse to looking at pictures of bloodshed because they say it's not good for you. Yeah. They wouldn't, they don't want to look at pictures of that. So, I mean, yeah. think about that. And these are very ultra conservative guys. They're like, no, don't look at that stuff. It's not good for you. Yeah. Um, but in every religion you can find it. I mean, like Buddhism, for example, Buddhism, they, they get it pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, can, they, they can be, the thing is, you'll, again, when you look, when you look at Buddhism, we often, you know, we often think of peaceful nonviolence and, and yes, that is the core of Buddhism. You also have violent Buddhists. You also, the Sri Lankan government is, is, is dominated by Buddhists. And that government committed horrific crimes against the yeah. minorities. You yep. have Burma right now, which is expelling violently and, and committing genocide against the Muslim minority. And also a lot of people know this, Christian minorities too. You can say it for any religion. Right. Or even, or even no religion. And I interpretation. Mean, of, the interpretation. Yeah. And how they use yeah, it I mean, for their benefit to, to, for the rule or whatever. Yeah, you can even say about irreligious too. I mean, like Stalin, Mao. And Rohocha, these are all these are all bloodthirsty dictators. They're racist. Yeah. It's it, this is it's a normal condition of being. It's, I shouldn't say normal. Sorry, it's condition of being human. Right, it's human being. It's species. Yeah, Homo, exactly. Homo sapiens is what we are, and that's what what we do. Um, is there a mosque in Oshawa? Do you know? Uh, there's one in the south. Uh, boy, where is the location again? Center. And... It's okay. It doesn't matter. I just, I couldn't remember because yeah, we've got friends around. Yeah, there's one in the south. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you got anything else to share? Because it's getting late. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up in a minute. Any other points you want to bring up, or any messages you want to spread? I I do want to post this um, in the next day or so and get it on Facebook, and um, it'll be on a podcast format and so on and so forth. But any other messages or thoughts about the events of Christchurch? Well, events like this can either bring out the bad side of you or the good side. You just gotta you gotta you gotta use it as an opportunity to network and build a closer relationship with your neighbors. Cause the thing is, is that you can be in the universe, you can focus on the blackness or you can focus on the lights created by the stars, your choice. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty All much right. it. And I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed Ian. I, want, I was looking forward to talking to him. Yeah, you know, I uh, I messaged him over the weekend. He's got, uh, he's got his training tonight. So it's all, it's all good. I'm sure. Um, you know, we can do something again. I was going to ask you one more question before we go um, sure. for, for a future podcast, because it sounds sure. like you've done your research and you're just knowledgeable on this stuff. How much do you know about um, Palestine and Jerusalem and all that stuff that's going on, the Gaza Strip and all that stuff that's going on? So I want to make it clear when I talk about these issues or even a religion, I just want to make be fair to your listeners that I don't yeah. have any formal scholarship on any of these issues. So I don't want to be taken as an expert. I do right, a lot right. of reading. I've, I've done my part like uh, with activist movements. So I know yeah. about as much as a person involved in that, but I don't have scholarship. So I just want to be fair to everyone. 
Um, we're not, we're not doctors. We are not doctors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't know. I have, an anthrop- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have an anthropology degree, so there's stuff that I have studied formally, but um, I do know quite a bit. I've worked with um, anti-war movements, and this often plays into it. So I would say, like, I do have knowledge. Okay. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, exa- okay. again, I'm not a doctor, but I have knowledge. Yeah. Okay. So great. So we might do a future podcast with you or whatnot. And we'll talk about some of that stuff that's going on. Cause I'd love know, to, that'd be great. Right. Yeah. The thing you said that, that resonates with me and that's my whole shtick right now is just education, right? Like I've got mm-hmm. a, a ton of books on random topics that, you know, I don't read fiction. I read nonfiction and like, I've got chasing the scream talks about addiction. There's a depression book. There's a mm. philosophy, psychology, sociology book I'm looking at. There's a, another uh, psychology, but anyway, I think, cool. I think it's, you know, I think it's our duty as human beings and people who aren't, you know, radicals to educate people that maybe don't have the time to read or are curious and want the Coles notes. So um, listen, I, I appreciate you being on the podcast with me and having a, a good old, a good old chat. I appreciate you having me. Well, thank everyone for tuning in. I do appreciate you listening. I know it was a long one. Hopefully it was educational. Uh, please look out for my next podcast with Brent Weiss of The Next Up. Uh, should be posted shortly after this one. We've had some technical difficulties as of late, but we're hopefully uh, back on track. Thanks for listening.